All right, should we start it up? This is it. Yeah, this is the big one. This is it, man. Whew. Wow. My God. This is this is one of the biggest episodes we've ever done in the history of the show. 239, milestone number. 239, lucky I think number you used that joke last week, but that's okay. <laughs> we are, uh, first of all, this is the Paper Keg Podcast where we talk about the books that we read, the three of us, you know, book club. Usually we cut out that other segment, so don't worry about it. Garbage segments. Uh, Stinky segments. This week... We have a very special surprise. Yeah. We're going to do Injustice Volume 1, Year 1. And uh, we we have someone with us in studio, in HQ. He's not dead. Former host of the show, Mark Farrington. Welcome back. It's good to be back, y'all. A lot's changed since I've been away. Good to see you. It's been, I looked it up on the, the phone. To see when your last episode was. It's been almost two years. Wow. God bless. Has it been that long? It has been. Man. Just cue the Man of Steel music. <laughs> <laughs> I really sincerely just hope that I can keep up. So you, you know, you're you're from the ground floor. You're you still have, I think, A shares on the podcast. <laughs> Jonesy doesn't even have A shares. I don't have voting shares. <laughs> has Jonesy been published yet? <laughs> has his writing made it to the public? This, it depends on who you guy, ask. Right? It depends on who you ask. Uh, let's see. Well, two minutes in into the program. I believe in you. I know it's going to happen. Well, transactionally, yes, I'm I'm published. Money changes hands. Word goes on this past Friday. Paper. Wow. Was he published this past Friday? You know. So I think it's hilarious that you have to explain what you do every Friday. <laughs> and, and you have to like explain to us like we're idiots. Uh, so it's been two years, Mark. What's what happened? What's what's your life been like? Can you just bring us through those two years really really quickly? Let's see. What are some of the high points? I, I got married. You gentlemen were all there. Yeah. I remember most of that night. Thank you. Thank you. Recently, I fulfilled a 10-year-long dream. I finally made it happen. I built my own emulator MAME cabinet, mm-hmm. and it is beautiful. It we, is. we touched it earlier. Dale and I we played Ninja Turtles it. for like a good solid 10 minutes. That game is still on pause if you want to go back. I was Leo, just for the record. It was amazing. The the the, the love that Mark put into this thing. He's he custom built the cabinet. He had custom graphics on all sides of it. And the and you can't play it because you don't know what to play. There are so many games on this cabinet from so many systems, not just arcade games, uh, Games from consoles past. You could play mm. anything. You and you, you're so stunted. Yeah. You want to play Dreamcast? You can. <laughs> you want to play Atari Jaguar? You can. Yes, Leisure Suit Larry on PC. Oh, the, the old DOS games. It's right downstairs. Jim, do you know what DOS is? Uh, disk operating system. Wow. wow. Is, that, is that what you still run your programs at work on? Is that how you? Pretty do much. That? That's the scope of my skill. Uh, you want to change a directory? I'm your man. CD right. dot dot. When Mark fired up this machine, there was like code zipping up the screen, and I looked behind me, and I just saw the code like running up Jonesy's face as like sweat poured down, <laughs> just trying to imagine what work went into this project. I uh, I commend you. It's a little frightening to think that you spent more than two to three minutes doing anything with a computer. Well, I've had some free time lately. A lot of the things I loved about the funny books I would read monthly have gone away. So, unfortunately, oh, what wow. I've been reading Ooh, is just dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. So, what's your comic Bring life been 
since you uh, exited the show gracefully, obviously, The Return of Barry Allen was your final book club episode. It was On amazing. a high note. I'll bury that book with me when I go. I, I want to be buried with that it, story. actually. I want to be so buried with you guys, too. I want to be buried with it. <laughs> Can we get back to Mark Ayo. for a second here? <laughs> cut the uh, audio out of my I'm channel. I'm just going to cut it out. Man. I've still been trying to read the superhero books. There are certain titles that their quality has been consistent. IDW's Ninja Turtles, since issue one, has still been one of my favorite books out there. Every issue is an example of quality. Did you read that uh, Ninja Turtles Batman miniseries? Oh, I'm, I'm caught up. I'm all in. I'm loving it. Man alive. It's fun. What else? It's what comics are supposed to be. It's fun. Yeah. I'm loving Dan Slott's Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, wow. Hold on. I am. Wow, I'm racking my brain trying to find a DC book that I love. And wow, sadly I can't. Oh, Batman word. Beyond. I do like that. What book. about Batman? Period. One of the most legendary Batman runs in the history of of uh, graphic form. It's okay. I mean, get out of your own home. Slim pinions. It's been a good back. It's been a good return trip. Wait, so you don't? Let's get into this. Scott I mean, yes. Snyder, icon. Greg Capullo. Scott, we love you. You started listening just a little less than two years ago. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got it in his earbuds right now while he runs wherever he lives. Why didn't you guys tell me Scott Snyder was on? I would have <laughs> invited myself back to the show. Why don't you love the most entertaining Batman book that has been out the last 20 years? <laughs> Go. That's, man. That's a I, statement. That is. I enjoy it. And no My way problem. did he set you up to fail. Yeah, right. I miss these pressure pressure conversations. <laughs> Let's see. I enjoy Scott Snyder's run. My problem with Scott Snyder's run is it is so thick in its own continuity that I think I don't pay enough attention to it. Mm-hmm. So I read it month after month after month, and there are some little minute details that become more important and relevant to the story that I've long since forgotten. So without spoiling this latest issue, 49 before 50 comes out, yeah. The trick to bringing Bruce back into Batman has been laid in there for a couple years. Yeah. I was pretty surprised that they brought it full circle. I thought that was a throwaway moment when they first introduced it. And so I had to go back through my floppies and just flip through, remind myself, saying, oh, okay, okay. So it is good. It is quality. I think he nails all of the Bat characters. Although, pardon me, if I'm being real, the one moment in Scott Snyder's run that was a little bit disappointing to me. Death of the Family. I mean, hmm. it was a great Joker story. He got the one up on all of them. It left you wondering, does Joker really know who Batman is? But then this big, big finale that everybody was hyping, it's going to fundamentally change the way Batman interacts with his family. Spoiler alert, they're just mad at him. Hmm. Again. Mm-hmm. Batman withheld a secret. Again. How do you think about that eight-year-old Damien bossing uh, Jim Gordon around on that rooftop? What do you think I about that? Still Somebody don't should take it. that kid and break his arm. It can't be that hard to break Even an eight-year-old like, Damien. Goon hand him, you know, when you're like behind the kid and you grab the the back of their arm and lift that up, you know, like they're dis- yeah. like they're a bad kid. Yeah, so you're like throwing them around a little bit, yeah, like, like yeah. a rag doll. Yeah, not that I would uh, approve that of any child. Sometimes, you know, when I left this show, we believed in family, wholesome friendships. I mean, <laughs> you guys are all fathers. I know you treat your kids well. And here yeah. we're talking about beating up an eight-year-old. I mean, Jonesy's got two kids now. He I heard. did that for some reason, and uh, you know, he's getting four hours of sleep a night. I'm not sure if you heard about that. I'm not, sh- not sure if you listened last week, Mark, but <laughs> <laughs> he looks it's better. Even out listen, yet. You, I, don't even I mean, know. I, I he mean, looks better than I've ever seen him. Listen, straight up, you do. If you, if you guys need more than four hours, maybe you should rethink your own health. Oh my wow. heavens, Shadoshi over here. Four, four and go. 
Confucius say, get four hours, you'll be fine. That's offensive. And to I think whom? you should leave. I think you should leave right now. <laughs> now, Dale, what are um I'm sorry, I usually throw to Dale for a question like that, but now we have a fourth host again. <laughs> what about this DC rebirth shenanigans? Are you excited? I never thought I'd see the day. I am all in. What? Except you were you were probably all in for New Fifty Two, weren't you? I tried to be, but remember you guys call me DC historian and don't get me wrong, I love the nickname, but that's how I felt. I love that continuity. Can, now, can I now, stop you real quick? Hold up. Go ahead. You know, I've... Should we not... Can you, what is DC Rebirth before you... It, that is what I would... That's oh. what my myself is asking. You know, if I, I haven't been in work this week. I haven't been on the internet much this week. Yeah. Not to part the kimono too much, but <laughs> I've been sick. My, my guess is Near the death. return of the old universe. That's what's heavenly hinted. They're saying that it's not a rebirth or it's not a reboot, but they're bringing back the essence of the characters. Just real quick, bottom of the hour, we're going to get into Injustice. <laughs> Year one is our book club. Go ahead. They are with Jeff Johns leading the way and uh, Ethan Van Skyver, the mm-hmm. same team that brought Green Lantern Rebirth and brought the Flash Rebirth. They're apparently doing a rebirth of the DCU. Wow. So the heavy opinion is that they are bringing back the quintessential elements of the pre-New 52, pre-Flashpoint continuity. The 52 multiverse. That's coming back. But... That we don't know. I, so it's all conjecture right now. It's all... I like how they're using the, the name. It's more like rebirth is coming back around, but they have a new continuity now. Like I don't know. Has anybody remembered what the old continuity was? Yes, thousands and thousands of people like Mark who are heavily steeped Uh in that continuity. Who've been shaking our fists at DC management saying, bring Mm -hmm. back our continuity or else. Well, I think Geoff has said that it's like a celebration of the legacy of the characters. So I don't know what that that means. But they're all getting like Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman are getting new number ones and they're going twice a month. And everything is getting a new number one, with the exception of Action Comics and Detective Comics, who are going back to their original numbering. Oh, that's awesome. Nine fifty something, and and the maestro Scott Snyder is taking Detective back over, and that is that is awesome. (laughs) Twice a month is actually not a lot, considering Marvel does that for like most of their books now. Again, like Extraordinary X Men is twice a month. I think all the X Men books are twice a month now. Double shipping quote. Airports. Yeah, that's. I mean, but Spidey. Now, can you confirm that also with this, they are all are all titles going back to two ninety nine? Is that that is correct? That is the rumor. Spidey that's the line. Holding the line at two ninety nine twice a month. Jonesy just did something very offensive with some gang sign <laughs> in front of a bay window. <laughs> I thought he was rolling dice. <laughs> he was. Something was getting yanked. I don't know what was going on. I'm just saying, it, hold the line at two ninety nine. Until like six weeks later, went the back up to five dollars a pop. Oh, Jonesy, so come, on. Jonesy. come on, Jonesy. Maybe I'm a negative Nelly. This when is you only a celebration. Get... Yeah, this is We're a celebration of a legacy. Jeff John, if anybody could do it, Jeff Johns can do it. Let's be real. Agreed. Right? He's known for streamlining. I mean, he's... what he did for the JSA, for Hawkman, for the Teen Titans. There, well, he's firing on all cylinders. We still when haven't you, when done you the JSA, Mark. I'm going to pull back the kimono a little bit more. What? Still have I still record my podcast. On the JSA Omnibus Volume One, that's still in its wrapper because it's the right height for my laptop, and we haven't read it yet for the show. <laughs> I thought I feel like I thought we did that JSA. No, 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 we didn't. Hmm. That's a shame. That's I, a daggone GD shame. We haven't done a DC book in, since the Return of Barry Allen. <laughs> Slim, <laughs> come on. 
Wow. Oh boy. You know, Spoilers, you know, uh, you know. People ask me. You know, I was at <laughs> right. home last night. I watched. I started watching the animated uh, Superman the animated series for yeah. the first time since it originally came out, which is amazing. The three-parter pilot is like fantastic, magic. isn't it? It's magic down to the music, the opening, the intro, yeah. everything about that series. The voice acting, Ugh. Clancy Brown, Dana Delaney, Tim Dana, Daly. Please. Dana, I was so I was sitting back. You know, Dana Delaney, my, exit to Eden. Anybody? <laughs> Pre eighteen year olds. Was Dan Aykroyd in that movie? He was in that movie. Oh, God. The one yes. with Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Yeah. Oh my word. And they were wearing some uh, S and M clothing, if I believe, in a scene. Well, if there's one thing I like to think about when I think of S and M, it's Dan Aykroyd partnering up with Rosie O'Donnell. Ah, the look of seriousness on your face when you said that. So I sat back and I, you know, I was like, you know, Man of Steel. I saw it in theaters. Maybe it got a bad rap, you know, from all of us, mm-hmm. the world at large. Mark Wade, Mark Wade uh, specifically. So I sat back, I fired it up Dan Slott, on the internet Slott. machine, and I watched it again. And it's not that bad, guys. <laughs> it's not that bad. Stop it. Stop Listen, it right now. This is the first time I've seen it since theaters. Have you watched it again since you saw it in theaters? I've tried, but then I remember all of those harsh feelings I had the first time I saw it, and I don't want to do my, I don't want to put myself in that dark spot again. I watched it with a different frame of mind. Not a big Superman Birthright fan, you know, Secret Identity. I was like, what if, you know, this is a new time, a new life? Let's let's right. open my arms a up rebirth. a little bit. It's a rebirth, if you will. <laughs> so I watched it, and it was, you know, obviously the first. 30 minutes should have opened up on Krypton with Russell Crowe riding a dragon, you know, running away from soldiers. Obviously, that could have been edited out. Yeah. But after that, you know, I'm kind of into it. I thought it was pretty pretty okay. How did you feel the second time around when Lois Lane figured out who Clark Kent really is in 20 daggone minutes? Loved it. You know what else I love? That scene where she confronts him because she figured out a secret identity and then he tells the story of his dad. It's a good scene. With a tornado. I lost it. I wept. Really? Yeah. Wow. Powerful stuff. You probably dropped to your knees. Your dog sits up next to you like, what's happening right now? Jones is starting to do cry I need to, right now. Do I need to I'm die? I'm just crying because of how terrible that movie is. My you haven't snout. even seen it. I did. I saw it one time. Oh, you did watch it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what did you My think? home theater system. You mean your TV? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I didn't care for it. Now, was that hoping? Like, I, I was watching it, and I was like, okay, yes. This isn't the Superman that we all love, Christopher Reeve. That's Reeves. that's my problem is to to for me the Richard Donner Superman is so ingrained in me that I just thought Superman's not dark. Why why is this so dark? Well I, said. I just, but I and then so then I thought about that while I was watching it. So I was like, well, okay, what if this kid did grow up finding out that he was not from his family at like twelve, and then he goes on his own to try to discover who he is. Then Superman's Secret Identity would have been a much better movie to bring to the theater. That poor guy had a life. I mean, he, he was working on the oil rigs. The docks. And then he tried to be a busboy. He couldn't even be a busboy. Yeah, because he's just trying to like be sh- garbage. Yeah. And he's just trying to be chivalrous to that lady. He was being bullied because he was different. You know, yeah. We've all been there. What was he being bullied for? Because he's different. For, be for trying to stick up for that waitress. Yeah. And the and waitress was asking for it the whole time. He couldn't. He couldn't defend himself she was. because... She was like, don't worry, I like being kicked around. That's inappropriate. He couldn't defend himself because he couldn't reveal his, his powers. It wasn't time yet. He's not ready. How did you reconcile that scene where Pa Kent is telling young Clark that 
he might have had to let people die just to protect himself. I because that's the still father? yeah. Uh, I well the the whole thing with just a reminder injustice year one is our book club today. The whole thing with Kevin Costner, I actually loved Kevin Costner's view because he he never wanted him to reveal his powers because he was afraid that something might happen to him. But in general, every everyone like you can't just show, throw you know show your powers like this is real life. Once people find out that you're that you have special abilities, you're gonna get locked away. My son, which so I I, I like really enjoyed that, and even it, it came to a head when he was stuck in that tornado, and Holt told Clark not to show your powers in front of all these people under the overpass, and he ended up biting it. So I mean, he stuck to his word, yeah, because he he, which I loved even more because Lois, once he tells the story to Lois, Lois is like shook up, so she's like, all right, I'm all aboard now after mm-hmm. that story. Let's kiss. <laughs> And I was watching it again, and I remembered a moment where I probably was really pissed off, where Clark meets Lois on that ice rig. Uh huh. So that like threw away like a hundred years of Superman stories right right there. That probably turned off so many Superman fans at the time. That like, wait, they're meeting in this oil rig, and it's not the Daily Planet. Like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably doing the same thing. You know what it is? It's one of the few things that makes Superman relatable to us is that. He has, when he's Clark Kent, well, obviously, but when he's Clark Kent and he's holding back and he can't show his true self to the world and he is just trying to get this girl to like him and as good of a guy as he is, as dependable as he is, as nice as he is, she is just infatuated with Superman. And so I love that love triangle and to have that thrown away was just kind of, uh, it it depressed me. Mm. I think you lose such a relatable dimension of that story mm. once you just fast forward through all of that, and she automatically knows. But if you didn't know it existed to begin with, good point. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right. John Q. Public goes into this theater, and that's what this movie is written for. John Q. Public. John Q. Public. It's not written for us, right? It's or for, for the, I guess, typical for combo Denzel fan. John Q. Great movie. What did you? What do you think about this uh, Batman versus Superman trailer? What do you, how do you think that's going to pan out? I have no idea. Uh, I'm legitimately nervous about Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. I his think that was a casting miss. His scenes like made me start to twitch a little bit. Squirrely. Yeah, I got that feeling, too. And then with them introducing so many Justice Leaguers like Aquaman and Cyborg and Wonder Woman, makes me wonder just how much they're going to have time to focus on Batman and Superman and all the rest of the cast. I think the prevailing theory is they're all going to appear as like cameos within the last... You know, two minutes, maybe like an ending montage. You know what I mean? Like a world waking up scenario show writer over here, guys. <laughs> I'm published. <laughs> By choice. Punching up some scripts. He's, He's got, got his typewriter at home. He's yeah. clacking away. Should we, should we move into the book club? Before you do yes. that. Go ahead. Going back to your original point about you started off watching Superman the Animated Series. That's one of the things I did in my hiatus. Over the last two years, I have watched just about every comic book cartoon series that has been on from X-Men in the 90s all the way through now. This is one of the few times I can remember where there isn't a cartoon version of a TV show out that I'm watching. I think Teen Titans Go might be the only one. Mm. And Young Justice. Teen Titans Go? I'm not watching Teen Titans Go. Ultimate Spider-Man? I dropped it. I just got turned on to that a couple weeks ago. I'm finishing up the, uh, the Spider-Man from the 90s. Spider-Blood. Spider-Blood. Yeah, that, that episode, like, I started rewatching it. It felt like it doesn't hold up at all. Yeah, it doesn't. I tried watching that 
myself. Like, I think the first not. Venom episode was, like, good. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the first episode in general of the show. But then, like, the animation really went off a cliff. Well, I think the, like, the, the be- budget was so low, they reused almost everything. And it became more and more blatant as the series went on that they're reusing scenes. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man can be in the woods fighting somebody. And then it'll cut to a clip of him in some high-tech supervillain hideout. Drinking coffee. Drinking coffee, <laughs> doing a backflip. And then he lands back in the forest. <laughs> Great voice casting. Uh, yeah, I liked the Peter Parker and his inner monologue in that series. But yeah, he was good. I I, um, I started watching. Well, we were wrapping up Batman on Amazon, the animated series, and then how it like shifts. Like two years later, they started to show up again, like the new Batman Adventures. Yep, where it was like an updated animation style to match Superman. Mm-hmm. And today, while I was out, I came back. The Over the Edge episode was on. Probably the greatest Batman animated episode ever. Top five. It's in my top five. Remember that one where? What's the premise? Batgirl. Um, Batgirl's a character, Robin, Tim Drake, and something happens. I think to to Batgirl where like her rope snaps or whatever, and like Batman reaches over to grab her. Oh, and, and uh, she dies in front of Commissioner they, Gordon, and he goes after Batman. Yeah, he like unmasks her and like poops himself. Oh, uh, that scene where they break into the Batcave and they're shooting at him, and yeah. they got to escape on the Batboat. What was so? I mean, it was so amazing because then from that moment. Like Gordon's like, I know what I have to do now, and he like he like calls Wayne Manor. He's like, cut the crappers. I remember that conversation, and when Bruce picks up the phone and pretends, why are you calling me? And <laughs> he does he his goofy does, voice. He right. does his Bruce Wayne voice. He tells him, cut the crap. I spent ten minutes on Barbara's computer. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I know everything. And then Bruce is just sitting there thinking. Then he just automatically drops the facade and says, "Look, you know how I lost my parents. This was the only thing I could do to remain sane." And then Gordon just tells him, I guess we're even, hangs up, and then storms Wayne Manor. Oh, Loved God, it. episode. Great episode. Oh, gosh, heavy. Heavy your, stuff. Your kimono just blew open. Let's, let's be honest, one. he'd never belted it. It was never belted. Unshaved <laughs> Next time I come back, can I get a kimono? <laughs> exactly. Paper cake kimonos is what I'm talking about oh, here. Oh, my word. Um, injustice. We, uh, you know, we were on a, a group chat with Mark planning this epic event, and we asked you to pick the book club, and you picked Injustice. I did. One of the first things that I had planned in my time away was to look for stories that I just hadn't read before. And I remember flipping through the letters, got a letter from one of our old listeners back in 2013, Roy Cogdell, who wow, asked wow. if we had read an issue of Injustice. And I remember I personally slammed it. I said, it's not in continuity. It can't be that good. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Man of Steel sucks. Well, there you go. <laughs> so I'm consistent. But this one occasion, guys, I couldn't have been more wrong. I love Injustice. Should we have... Jen uh, looks like he's about to fall asleep in that position. He's, well, he's a full the, reclined this flat Fark Barrington uh, sofa is perhaps the most comfortable sofa I've ever sat on. A lot of naps have been taken adult there. life. He's laying down, but like in a sitting <laughs> position. I don't understand. It's like, it doesn't make any sense what I'm it's, seeing. I'm like cocked to the left. It's amazing. Uh, do we want to let Mark, since when he's on his return... I don't know. Uh, it's up to, it's up to Mark. Like really? That's a tall oh my gosh, it's heavy. It's, it makes me oh. nervous thinking about it. I'd say no. You Mark. know what? I'll, I'll give it a shot, but guys, feel free to jump in on any plot holes that I'm leaving out. Okay. The basic synopsis is it is based off of the popular fighting game Injustice Gods Among Us, and it starts with the story five years back from the present when the video game starts. 
It starts with our man Clark Kent and Lois Lane in bed, just lying asleep as man and wife, and he hears the sound of Biblically. his... Biblically? There it is. Mark <laughs> I thought, Farrington. I don't know what you said. I said like biblically. <laughs> I couldn't get it out. Neither could he. Superman hears the sound of his little baby's heartbeat for the first time, and he comes to realize that Lois is pregnant. So, of course, my man Clark is ecstatic. He's elated. He's happy. He's excited. Doesn't know what to do with himself. Next scene is him and Lois talking. We have to go tell this people. We have to go tell them. We got to think about this. She calms him down and says, let's just enjoy our moment. Flash forward a couple pages, and then Superman is telling Bruce they're happy. They share a moment. He asks him to be Godfather. He talks to his best friend like all of us would do. Then later on, Lois responds to a tip. Turns out that she gets winds up getting kidnapped by the Joker, and through a series of unfortunate events, she unfortunately meets her untimely demise. And in an ironic twist, she does so by Clark's hand. Superman is tricked into thinking that he's stopping doomsday when in reality he is unfortunately murdering his wife and all hell breaks loose as a result Mm -hmm. throughout the span of i think 34 digital issues you find out that once he once he manages to find out that he killed lois lane he snaps he responds by retaliating and killing the joker and obviously bruce can't tolerate this he tries to talk sense into Clark, but Clark has had it. He has snapped. He said, no more, never again. So he decides that he's going to take off his glasses. He's not going to hide anymore, and he is going to run the world as he sees fit. And throughout the course of the five years, and especially in the opening volume that we read, Superman's quest to make sure that this never happens again or that no villain gets out and has that cyclical cycle of going out, causing havoc, harming people, killing people, and then getting thrown in jail, he decides to start playing for keeps. And there's only one person who decides that that's unacceptable, and that's my man Batman. How'd I do? Did I give a good synopsis? That was phenomenal. It was pretty good. Was pretty good. Would you consider coming back to the show? Know, really. And taking my role as synopsizer? We've been wasting two years. Jones, you can just set lives. up the, the, the equipment for you. <laughs> I could be your roadie. So we did. We should write something together. We read. Uh, we read the f- year one. Uh, so I think it was six print issues, eighteen digital weekly issues, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I hope so. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we well, we all read the right thing. Everyone just cool out. Dread, total uh, dread is what I'm feeling right now. And I remember when this book came out. I was reading the weekly issues, and I think the one with the Batman killing Joker was like a cliffhanger for one week, and like everyone just like pooped. In their pants. Oh my gosh! When they I came bet. out. So, had you ever have either of you ever read Injustice before? No, I never even heard of that game. It's yeah, I thought it was game. a great idea, great marketing idea that really panned out for DC because they had like huge success with this. They had phenomenal success, and you know what? I don't think this book had any business being as well written and having as much heart as it did. Shout out to Tom Taylor for writing a phenomenal story and nailing the characterizations because I think. And jump in if I'm wrong, but everybody understands where Superman is coming from, and everybody understands where Batman is coming from, and so everybody was just incredibly relatable. Yeah, it's it's so well planned because if like you know, a story aside, if anything, it really makes you want to check out a game. This game that's just a fighting game, which I've I've been out of that 
game for a long time, but like I've heard of the game, I've wanted to try it. I've always piqued my interest, but I know one night after playing it, I would probably be done with it because I'm just not a fighting game guy. But you're right; it's got it was planned. Like it's got heart. You're right. I mean, I I just for some reason um, assumed it was just going to be some sort of game tie-in, like intellectual property that's like down at the bottom of the DC food chain kind of written by somebody who's never even heard of these characters right but it was I mean it was really good considering like you have to obviously accept this is not continuity but you know it's just a good story to tell with these characters that you love it's really remarkable how much I was into the story and Superman started spouting to Batman everything that we at least Jonesy Slim and I have said you know like on Scott Snyder's uh, Joker running. Yeah, why don't you just kill him already? Yeah, like just end it one life to save millions of lives. He blows up Metropolis. He he levels Metropolis when Superman. There's a there's a trigger inside of Lois implanted, and Superman with a with a combination of kryptonite and fear gas, like thinks it's doomsday, and like and like. And he's thinking he's protecting Lois, but in reality, he's dragging her body out into space. Oops. And she dies. Throws her into the sun. Sets Typical. off the bombs. Lays, lay, just lays the bombs off. Metropolis is gone. And what ensues is just like fantastic storytelling that you would never be able to tell in DC proper. Well, let's ask a writer, you know? Well, let's get down to brass tacks. I'd like to talk about my favorite issue. And it stars The Flash. Ooh, oh, is, yeah, is it when one. he was in Australia? Yeah. So the premise of this issue, maybe 14 or 15 digitally, uh, he's in the world's longest straightaway. It's like, uh, you know, something like 450 miles, let's say, a straightaway road. And he just runs it over and over again and recalls this story where uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and himself are in Sydney, Australia to break up a crowd. And um, the Australian government has this, like, Aussie kid put on this powered suit to, like, I don't know, they're trying to confront Superman or just, like, show the world that they're wrong. But Superman totally puts the people's elbow into this guy and uh, turns him into a vegetable. Breaks, like, and, every uh, bone in his spine. Yeah, pretty much uh, he's, like, pudding. He's pudding man now. Uh, you know, Batman. Jonesy does not reflect the thoughts and views of Paper Gang. <laughs> I mean, he probably, we are sensible. There probably is a DC character called Pudding Man. Let's not, <laughs> right? Who you know, sixty four. He had his own single issue. Uh, so, Batman's like, "Hey, Barry, check out this hospital halfway house." And Barry does, and it's the kid's room, and it's this signed picture of like hey, keep running, love the Flash, and like all these pictures of the Justice League. And he realizes he just helped cripple his biggest fan. And there's this moment where the Flash just like breaks down. He's like, what are we mm-hmm. doing? But he can't go against Superman, so he just picks up and keeps running down this Australian road. Because nobody... Emotional. Th- that's the crazy thing. You can't go against Superman. No. It's so cool to see Superman go over the edge and show his strength... By ultimately, by the end, him and Wonder Woman, which is great. Like, Wonder Woman's just a huge instigator, like, totally fueling his fire. Get him. Get him. Makes me want to read Wonder Woman comics, which I've never truly done. 
she's fueling Superman's fire, and in a show of force, because uh, somebody peed off Aquaman to a T. Oh yeah, and uh, like Aquaman's going to start fighting back because they're taking it to the seas or whatever. But in a show of force, Superman and Wonder Woman just literally lifts Atlantean out of the sea and places it in the middle of a desert. The whole city, the, it, the, 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 the people living there, they're just starting to dry up <laughs> like slugs. <laughs> like that's, you can't, don't cross Superman. It's just the way it is. I think to your point, one of the things I loved about this series Drink. was that it was extremely logical and well-written. Everything just flowed naturally into each other. And there was this sense, as you're reading it, of escalation. Superman murders the Joker and decides that he's had enough. And because he's Superman, he's the world's greatest hero, most of the Justice League decides to follow him. Thinking, you know what, if Superman's had enough, then he's right. We've had enough. We need to do something. And Batman is the one lone voice of dissension saying, yo, guys, you need to cool it. And as Superman is taking more and more power the government starts to get a natural fear of him so what do they do they start plotting against him mm-hmm. atlantis aquaman he doesn't like it they start plotting against him and one by one he shuts it down well i think batman via catwoman probably has the best point to make in all of this and there's a scene later in the volume where catwoman just comes across like this low level thug who literally lost his house because of a bank doesn't you know commit fraud just like snatches purses and somebody shoots him and nobody's doing anything about it like people walk over his dead body because now because superman the shining example the pillar of you know the dc universe has it's okay to kill now everybody thinks it's okay to kill and nobody goes against it so like that's one of the unforeseen consequences that only like the street level Batman can shed light onto, which I thought was great. The only, um, even though given the fact that it's, that it's a comic video game tie in, I don't think there were a couple of moments that it worked, but for a lot of the moments where they're trying to mix in like this really light humor with the gravitas of the book, was kind of goofy for me. Calendar Man. The Calendar Man stuff, the uh, the Green Arrow trapping Harley in his arrow cave. Yeah, there wasn't, a, there, I don't think those jokey moments were timed well enough with the rest of the series. Exactly. And I wonder if that's a part and parcel with the fact that I think the schedule, the release schedule digitally was like main story and then B story. So like it was Killing Joker. And then they they like filled time with the Harley backstory, and then they did another story, oh, and then okay. they like because I think that's how the print issues did. They had like a B plot in each one, and I oh. wonder how that worked out because they weren't really time sensitive all that much. Like the Harley stuff could have been written whenever, so I, I wonder see. what that was like. And it was just pieced back together in a yeah. different order for for like a for, for the digi- timing or whatever. Yeah, I bought. I guess I would bought. I technically bought the uh, the comicsology version, which is the print issues one through six, which could be the complete different order. But the that one was I, I totally noticed that too. Like so the jokes like came out of nowhere, and they they were like a little too thick with humor compared yeah. to like the rest of the story. And the Catwoman partnering with Batman stuff felt like it came out of nowhere for me. Like she came out of nowhere and then was like on equal level with Batman in terms of like 
trying to run the world almost from the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. where does Catwoman get out of it? Like, how does this happen? <laughs> and I felt like Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah, Batman's like, you take West Coast, I'll take East Coast. Yeah, like, like we're putting Catwoman <laughs> on charge of an entire coast. Like, where does she? How does she have this experience? But the Wonder Woman stuff, where she she was almost frothing to do anything for Batman. Like, I was almost Wonder Woman's Superman. like, or yeah, yeah, for Superman. Like, she's a bad. She should be on like equal playing field with Superman, not kind of doing whatever he wants whenever. Like she even had a line like, I'll do anything for him. And I was like, Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, let's, yeah. Let's cool out, Wonder Woman. Their relationship as the series goes on gets rocky. It has its highs and lows because again, she should have equal footing and without spoiling, through manipulation by Batman, they are put at odds. Mm. So you actually see that her personality and the role you expect her to be varies mm-hmm. from as the series goes on which i thought they did well i believe it or not after reading this volume and this series this had some of my favorite character moments and stories of these people like you guys are going to get a lot of letters when i say this but this actually has my favorite version of harley quinn hmm. i oh, think yeah. that when i was I reading them weekly, i don't think we're going to get that many letters <laughs> i have faith <laughs> when i was reading this weekly i thought that the humor didn't necessarily stand out as much. It really did flow naturally. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a great job of mixing Harley's brilliance, psychoticness, and just all-around common sense and badassery, if that's a word. I wonder if that worked out with a weekly release schedule, more so than us reading in like a collected form. I would be willing to bet it did. If anything, this definitely showed shown harley in a new light for me i've never given any time to harley quinn as as, especially in her own title or anything so to see harley quinn have these thoughts in her head or yeah like you said speaking common common sense at times or joking with green arrow or even having her makeup off i honestly didn't know if harley quinn was just a powder white woman like from birth i did i had no idea just an albino super villain <laughs> right like yeah it could have been some freak thing and and there you go it's uh it was cool to see her and always plotting still with the you know that mustache that fake mustache turned out to be a lockpick or whatever but it was it was pretty cool the only thing like the only the goofiest part i think it's a video game tie-in whatever the scary movie five moment where they uh did the joke of million dollar baby nightwing takes a billy club to the head and breaks his neck on a rock yeah dead yep and it's damien who did it damien superman is like it's your old arms we all understand yeah, Superman's patent. He's like, it's okay. We've all done it. We've all thrown Billy Club. Right before that, and this is one of those weird, like, weekly things. I'm fascinated by how what timing it was written because the issue before that, Damien's like, let's just let him burn up Arkham Asylum and kill everybody. Who cares? Because they're like having this yeah. thought or this like debate in the Batcave. Batman's like, we have to go stop him from killing all those Arkham Asylum people. And Ro- and Damien's like, no, we don't. Yeah. So they get there, and you f- and they leave Damien there to go stop the Justice League and Justice League Damien appears behind the Justice League like oh I was here I'm here with him now so you're like holy crap <laughs> right, he right. quit on his dad and you know uh, Tim Drake or whatever he or, like, um, he like jumped out of the uh, like bat, bat plane on the way over <laughs> like <laughs> yeah he wasn't just like hitched a ride but then like right after that they're like teamed up again and kind of like the heroes and the 
bad heroes are like fighting side by side. So it was like a weird shift. Like you guys just hate each other. Like if I was on Batman's team, I wouldn't be fighting with you. I'd probably be pissed off still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I forgot because when I first read this, I think I only read this issue without reading the thing, the backstory with Damon is always trying that move at Grayson. Like he's he's always throwing a billy club at the back of my head when I'm looking, but I always stop it. And like this was the one time he does it and <laughs> right. ends up like killing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and Son of Slim don't do that at home? No, we uh, generally not. I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. He's always trying it. It's, it felt so w- weird. He's always trying it. Like you're always you have to look hitting. out for the back of your head because Damien's trying to throw a billy club at. But he's always throwing a billy club at the only part of my skull that would kill me. But Dick <laughs> Grayson, being the good guy he is, just kind of shrugs it off. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just Damien being Damien. Right. I Honor. think what was great about that too, um, just speaking about the rift between. Damon Wayne, Damian Wayne. <laughs> Let's try this again. Speaking about the rift between Damian Wayne and his father, Bruce Batman, I think it was brilliant to put Robin on Team Superman because, one, it gave them an insight into the way Bruce thinks. Like, how about that chapter where the Justice League is trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to distract Batman because he's becoming a thorn in our side and we got to stop him? They're chilling on the watchtower and then they decide, you know what? Let's just reveal his identity to the public. And that's an idea that Robin throws out. So Batman, Batman being Batman, somehow realizes that something's about to go down. And he single-handedly, from his keyboard in the Batcave, crashes and takes out the Watchtower. He's racing them so that he can prevent them from revealing his secret identity to the world just so that he'll be distracted and Superman's evil Justice League can go about uh, asserting their control over the Earth. Hmm. My favorite Batman moment, I think, is when Cyborg is trying to do something, and Batman presses a button, and he like yeah, he's, he's trying to release he's, the, he's, the, he's, he's beca- trying to release the the prisoners in Arkham to right, s- so it becomes like a gibbering mess, and uh, Cyborg was like, "It's not possible. I have all these Wayne firewalls. firewalls." He's like. Did you upload this the day we met? I also like that he's like having that thought. He's like saying all that out loud while being a jittering mess. Like he must yeah. be like electric. Like wait a minute, let me check my code. Wait, did you put this in the first thing? He's like, I got the latest firmware on all my firewalls in my body. <laughs> Is that possible with computers? Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. I thought it was crazy too that um, the main storyline is based on. Him thinking he's killing Doomsday in space, but it's really poor Lois. It reminded me of Old Man Logan, mm. the whole thing that kicked uh, that off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great story. When I read this story, we've all read The Killing Joke, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Joker's mm-hmm. speech to Batman towards the end was, uh, there's one small difference between you and I. It's just one bad day. One bad day will turn a good man bad. That's how I feel about injustice. That's the overall theme, that Superman had one bad day. Mm-hmm. And it changed him. And as a result, the whole world is caught in this crossfire between Batman and Superman in this war that's really for control of the world. And at the same time, it's becoming personal to the two of them. They were best friends, and now they're both the only thing that will stop the other person. And it's such a pretty, I mean, it's a really cool, like I said, it's so crazy because it's a video game tie-in. But like every comic fan thinks it at one time or another. Superman, what if Superman just ran things? Like, what if he just took over? Just got peed off one day, and it's and this is it. This is that. I mean, it's sure it sets up a fighting game, but it's so like such a what if story that hasn't been tackled until just now. No, and not tackled this well, right? 
like what else? Another one of my favorite moments in the series was when Captain Marvel is another voice who is kind of on the fence about are we doing the right thing here since he sides with Superman. And he's so conflicted that he decides to have a conversation with himself. So as his alter ego, 14-year-old Billy Batson, he'll ask a question, say his magic word, turn into Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel will answer it. Mm. Like It's just the mm. two of them, and I thought that was brilliant. Mm. Slash schizophrenic. Eh. Well, Tomato, potato. Yeah. So, Mark, Marvel's Civil War, DC's Injustice, which do you prefer? Only for the depth that it went into, Injustice, because Injustice has been going on in real time for, I think it's in its fifth year, and every year it escalates. So year one, you is learn... Is it still going? Is it still running? Yeah. It is. It's in its wow. last year now. Year one, it's you see the conflict, you understand the sides, and it's Batman versus Superman. Year two, as Superman gains control of the Earth, the Green Lantern Corps looks at him as a tyrant. Oh, that's awesome. And so they mobilize against him. Year three, Batman is kind of at his wit's end thinking, okay, what can I possibly do now? So he teams up with John Constantine and the magic people. I've lost two or three uh, uh, adopted sons to uh, Billy Clubs to the back of the head by Damien. (laughs) And he still forgives him because he's that much of a bat hero. Slim, what did you think of the series overall? I haven't heard your opinion. Did you like it? No, yeah, I enjoyed it. I... This book probably has no business being any bit entertaining. Yeah. Because I, I have to imagine that this book might be more popular than the actual game was. You know, this probably I is think. more memorable than the game entirely. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I felt like for, I think this might have been, I can't remember if this was the first weekly book that DC did or this is the one that set off their kind of like, you know, this weekly thing could work for us. So in, in the history books, it's a really cool moment for them. Because it worked out amazingly well. I mean, this this book bridges like gaps of people that don't read comics but like played video games. That maybe mm-hmm. I'll try this weekly thing out. So it worked phenomenally well to bring in new readers. Is this still price point at like a dollar a week or whatever? Yeah, it is. It's one of the few oh, books. Really? Yeah. It I still have, comes out digitally weekly. It is. Yeah. Wow. I have three books on Comicsology that I get a subscription to. So every Tuesday morning when I wake up, I see that my credit card was charged and. At 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I can download it, and I'm caught up. Yeah, I don't think without Injustice, you might not have, like, you know, Supergirl became, like, a weekly series. Arrow was huge. Flash was huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Smallville. Batman 66. Batman 66. DC definitely sparked a trend when they started doing this. Wonder Woman 77. Oh, yeah. There's a sensational Wonder Woman that's really good, too. Sensational Adventures of Superman, Legends of the Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. Remember when uh, Ben Templesmith did that first... I one of those, that, yeah. and then Jeff Lemire did a story. Oh, Chris yeah. Somney did a mm-hmm. Superman one. I remember the Somney Superman. It's your boy, Somney. Mm-hmm. Well, Baltimore. <laughs> it's Dale's boy. Sorry, Dale. No, that's our boy. We we met him, Baltimore. I didn't mean to take your boy. Please stop. Did you guys like meet that. him at Baltimore? We did. Yeah, two I years ago. That. Great guy. Was he actually there? knew Dale by sight. Two or three years no. ago. Really? You yeah. What? We we rolled up to the table, and Dale started you know chit chatting, and he goes, "Wait." Are you Dale? My wife and I have been talking about your commission all night long. Oh my gosh! And you know, Dale Big immediately. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, I almost flipped the table over with my hand. Pause for editing. Oh boy, great. great so great, does great. does year do the years continue up with like you know the entertainment factor for you, Mark? They do. Um, 
I think towards the end of year three or maybe at the beginning of year four, Tom Taylor left, but he had outlined where the series was going. So Brian Bucciolato, yeah, he picked up the writing reins, and it's still good. It's still entertaining, still hitting the high points. But Tom Taylor just has this heart in his stories that, no disrespect to Brian, it's just hard to match. He, he started doing all-new Wolverine with the X-23 as Wolverine. He did, and he also did a Superior Iron Man after he left Injustice. Mm-hmm. Did he just go, did he the one that just went exclusive with DC? That was Some, Tom King. Oh, Tom King, okay. Oh, yeah, and Tom King did The Visions, or The Vision yeah. yep. for Marvel, which I started reading, actually. I heard it was good. Uh, again, another book that shouldn't be as entertaining as it is. Mm-hmm. It's got Man, the someone who doesn't read, you sure know a lot about the business. Well, just to uh, open up my kimono <laughs> that I'm giving myself... I also assumed a job in Center City, Philadelphia, so I take the train. You don't have to give it to yourself. My man, thank you. He's a Sharon man at Dale underscore A. I take the train every morning, so I've been reading a lot of old school issues that I've bought over the years, and every time somebody tells me or recommends something, I might pick it up. So that's usually where I get all my reading done. Mm. God Hmm. bless the train. You know, Hmm. um, ever since we got rid of the roundtable segment, Mark, after you left... You know, we times don't read, are tough we don't read anything. Mm-hmm. Times, really. times are tough over here on this side of the table. But nope. <laughs> oh, I mean, father of two. I mean, I have to read. I, I, re- I still read a lot. But these two, oh, their single issue reading went down the tubes since that segment left. Yeah. If I could only... Proudly, I say it proudly. If I, I could only find a permanent mount for my iPad to my steering wheel, <laughs> I could possibly you read You need more. like a gyroscopic one that like yeah, whatever that, yeah. direction you turn the wheel, it's always facing the right direction. <laughs> right, so Exactly. Read. Yeah, if, if I, I had to program like, like a BB-8 <laughs> to hold your iPad. <laughs> right. <laughs> so do you guys miss reading some of the singles? Oh, I absolutely miss it. I definitely miss it. And for some reason, I just can't, like, I feel like I can't find the time. I would. I should probably keep a log of what I do with my time. I know uh, Franklin Covey would probably recommend that. But uh, honestly, I don't know where my time has gone. But if I started, like, making time for comics, I would love to know what I would be else I would be sacrificing to well, do it. But. We were tentatively going to be playing Titanfall the other night, and James didn't go to... I told him he could stay up and play video games, and we barely played any video games, so he was just <laughs> awake until 11 for no reason. <laughs> and so I was totally like... I texted you guys and said, like, I'm probably out for Titanfall, and, and I think right before that Dale was like, oh, yeah, I'm falling asleep. I'm done. And then I wake up at, like, 4 a.m. to let the dog out, and I see a text from Dale, like, midnight, like, oh, guys, I'm playing Telltale games. No, I'm I was... wide awake. To, to part... The kimono even further. I it's all the way off. I was this going point. to bed when I texted you that. I was, I was on my way. Yeah, to bed. <laughs> I had just finished playing. <laughs> but the I game remember, re- I remember reading it. I was like, I thought he went to bed like two hours ago, and then I. Fell he, over. he set it up that way. He so probably we timed it. Inter- so we wouldn't interfere with his telltale. Tell yeah, Jonesy might have to get Rocket League. Honestly, I'm it's Titan. I'm not all that into Titanfall to be honest. Get Rocket League. Well, I would have preferred. Twenty bucks. Uh, I would have gotten Rocket League. You can get it. I'm just saying, get it now. Get it get tonight. It, get it next time. We'll play it after WWE Fastlane wraps up tonight at eleven o'clock. Oh my god. We'll play some Rocket League. Do you have Xbox One, Mark? I don't, and I've got a PlayStation Four. I beat Arkham Knight. Great game. Was that beat. the last one? Fantastic game. Uh, it's a fantastic game. game. I'm at about 90 percentage oh. completion, and I bought the la- latest Metal Gear games, built my arcade. Now my PlayStation just collecting dust. Mm-hmm. Like, give me an 8-bit and a 16-bit game any day of the week. Hmm. Here's the thing. If too. I were you, I would I would have like a nicely heighted bar stool 
and I would just sit there all night long playing all the games Drinking of my past. Drinking your diet, Dr. Peppers. D-peps. I would love nothing more than Hashtag that. Hashtag tooth hair. But real talk, though, in the vein of Dale having little free time, it's I don't have the time to get into any long console games anymore. I don't have hour, two-hour yeah. blocks yeah, to play tough. a game, but I have 20 minutes to go play a quick game of X-Men versus Street Fighter or Ninja mm. Turtles. Mm. So, Just imagine time. what it's going to be like when you have two kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. You might be dead. Well, I'm thinking if I can get away with somehow not holding them for the first year or two of their life, that'll still right. give me built-in video game time. <laughs> That's practical, yeah. right? That can happen? No. It's mm. over for you. The uh, yeah, Rocket League, maybe, uh, I don't know, Destiny. We could turn the tables back on that, on Slim. Uh, Destiny. You know, Destiny. There's, There's always something out there for us to play the once Let's a month. Let's just get you your know? Rocket League so I can have friends, you know? You should have friends. It's something you deserve. Mm. Yeah. But just maybe imagine if we had a three three team squad who just knew each other's moves. Can you have three teams in Rocket League? Three uh, three man team. Yeah. Oh, three man team. Three yeah, man team. yeah, that would be you amazing. You guys would be like three ninjas: Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. Tonight, we eleven just, p.m. We would just know our three, three man Rocket. We League. all know the day at eleven o'clock. So we're like, guys, I just don't have the energy in the one o'clock. Uh, what a show! You know, we don't have the fourth wall. We don't have a little music machine set up, so I'm not gonna play music live. <laughs> I'll, I'll intersperse it. Over this little outro, uh, next week, I think tentatively we're going to be talking about Jupiter Circle from Mark Miller, your boy, your big Mark, I believe is your big Mark M fan. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark, maybe we'll see you around in another two years. Mark, it's been great having you on, man. It's been fun being back. I hope uh, I didn't bring it down. No, that's lovely being invited to your home for the first time. You know. Don't throw away. Wings. I am literally three or four minutes away. I'm telling you, anytime that you are free, you got more going on than I do, shoot me a line. I'm down in the basement in my fortress of maftitude, playing the arcade. Okay. I'm going to text you and be like, here, practice with these two kids. <laughs> and then I will leave. And then Jensie will probably just fall asleep in the car when he gets here <laughs> oh, on yeah. an accident. I'll lay the in. third row seats down. I have a flannel he'll out just, there. He'll back into your driveway and read comics. Twenty-eight <laughs> <laughs> point back in turn on that limo that Jonesy drives. <laughs> yeah, do you still have the Canyon Arrow? Uh, uh, the uh, the Avalanche regretfully threw a piston rod. Ooh, yeah, Please, that's well, game over. I think the thing you have now is even bigger than the Avalanche was. Canyon no, it's Arrow. it's it's slightly smaller. Is it really? Yeah, wow. it's a little bit smaller. Let's get the specs out on the, on the internet phone. Old. Hey, Siri. What's, what do you have now? Is it Suburban? I have Suburban, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Like, he just wants to throw that out there to the world so they can hate you. For I, what? I, me? Yeah. We're just talking about what's that? Say the words again so you can hate. 
I lo- I would love Jones, to get what a- you have again so everybody can hear the the death machine <laughs> I, of a SUV. I that- would love to have a straight black suburban. Oh, Maybe yeah. not as deep as Jonesy's suburban is because I feel like there's like a extension on yours. So I don't think it's you, called a suburban. You look like a Tahoe. Yeah, Tahoe. I know there's like mm-hmm. eight different versions of the same vehicle from two different car companies. Well, GM and and uh, Chevrolet. Chevy are same vehicles, different trim. How is that? Why is that? I don't think I've ever got an answer. I for don't. That. I don't honestly know. Is it at least a hybrid? It's flex fuel. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. It, so like if you're like if you're at a stable RPMs, half of your motor will turn off, so an eight cylinder comes a four cylinder. You understand all of that, but you can't work an emulator in a ROM <laughs> to build an arcade. Listen, I don't even know what a ROM is. Emulator I get from context means you emulate something, which means you pretend you're it. I've waited a couple years to say this, but we're running out of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Random access memory? Random operating oh memory? This is, this is reprehensible, what I'm hearing right now. Rope-only memory? So how the reviews been? I went online to read a couple, and it's been flattering. It well, has. Well, it's made me a little bit nostalgic, actually. The reviews of the podcast, you mean? Yep. Well, People are paying you guys now. We, it's like your full-blown we pros. Did. We, we We launched a Patreon. Full disclosure, Patreon paid for tonight's dinner. Thank, thank you guys you, for that. Thank you, thank you, Patreon supporters. They were great wings. 46, 48 wings. I can't, I can't stop smelling my fingers. God, I'm free. <laughs> it's, it's effort for people to have to go. Like, if they have an iPhone, sure, it's easier than doing it from your desktop, but it's mm-hmm. t- it takes a lot of effort to go post a review from your iPhone in the podcast app. Like, it's too much work. Did you see, uh, I think Spotify added podcasts, finally. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Let's get on I, don't, that. I don't know how you get in it. I think it's yeah. like a selection process. You have to use your ROM. Yeah, you got to use your random access memory too, I think. So have you guys had any, in my time away, have any uh, people in the business, any industry professionals, writers, and artists been listening to the show? Well, yeah. I don't, well, I don't think Mark was on when Scotty Young came on the show. I was not on. Mm-mm. No, he's Scotty. He's been on live with us at least once. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another time he came on and I forgot to record his audio. Ooh. So it was a great episode, just Jonesy and I. It was Scotty. a fantastic episode. Next time you talk to him, tell him I'm a big fan. And I love, love, love his all-new X-Men cover number one with a mm. Bobby Drake as a snowman. Love it. Yeah. Um, what was the third? Oh, yeah. We just did a Twitter poll to see what we should do for two episodes from now. Did you vote? I voted, yeah. Did you vote, Jonesy? I did vote. There are the three, four options was Preacher, Saga, uh, Scotty Take Three, Scotty, Scotty Young Take Three, and there was another one. What was the other one? It's not getting a lot of votes. Oh, uh, yeah, I voted for that one. What was it? It was uh, Copra. <laughs> oh, Copra, yeah. Yeah, I love Copra. So I think Scotty is tied with Preacher right now. Mm. So pressure. can we get a one last vote? From Scotty Mr. Mark Farrington. I gotta go. Yeah. Scotty take three. Scotty take three. <laughs> Scotty too hotty. Here we go. <laughs> Ooh, and I know asking means never getting, but if there's time for a fireside chat, there is one little detail I about my two-year hiatus from the show that I've been doing to fill in some time that I would love to tell you let's, all about. Let's hear about let's, it right now. This is the time. Okinosis. Here we go, sis. Here we go. <laughs> well. Reading issue after issue and collecting kind of got stale for me. I just, point blank, I wasn't really feeling comics the way I used to. Mm. And so I decided that one of the ways I can rekindle my love for the the whole little world that we live in Drugs. is, obviously, <laughs> aside from 
illegal, illicit activities, I would start going through all of my old school floppies and I'd start going to conventions and start autograph hunting. Hmm. So I would start getting signatures on some of my favorite books, some books that might be of value, some of the rare ones, sending them to one of the grading agencies, getting them all slabbed and graded and hanging them on my wall. And just the conversations of the people I've met since, it just made it fun again. So I could tell them why I love this issue or they would look at that book and say, oh, man, that really takes me back. Hmm. Had a lovely conversation with Gail Simone. Um, George Perez was really cool. And you guys know how I feel about your favorite writer's favorite writer, Mark (laughs) Way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just it's been a lot of fun. I've got about 65 graded books now. in Wow. Um, What's the net worth of those books, if you don't mind me asking? I don't know, but. Have you seen that giant size X-Men number one? I got signed by Stan and Len Wine. That's oh an 8.5. What? Oh, it's beautiful. That'll Go downstairs. Watch. Check it out. That was That'll... yours? Oh, you yeah. You buy it graded? Nope. Wow. All of those books on the wall I have gotten myself. And uh, I got a blank Justice League, blank cover, number one. And I decided that I'm going to get a different artist famous for that character to draw a member of the Justice League. So oh, yeah, I remember that Cook. project. Oh, I love it. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, Darwin Cook drew Superman, Mike Grell drew Green Arrow, George Perez drew Wonder Woman, Ethan Van Sciver drew Green Lantern, Barry Kitson wow. did Batman, Jim Lee drew The Atom. Wow, Barry Kitson, we were going through his work a couple years ago in Baltimore. That was amazing. Go downstairs, check out that Batman, and if one of you gentlemen could tweet it, mm-hmm. a picture of that cover, you'd be amazed that Barry Kitson drew that Batman 10 minutes flat while taking the time out to just talk to me and ask me about my con experience. Nicest guy on the planet. We had a pretty cool uh, con experience at Baltimore this year. Yeah. yeah. We totally hung out with Bernie Wrights and all night long. All yeah. Remember night that? long. Yeah, we sat at his Hammond table. Him and his, his wife were class acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. She does something really cool where she fabricates R2-D2s. Did you guys hear, uh, were you there for that part of the con- I remember that story, but I don't know if she does it repeatedly. Well, I think she's got. I think there's like a club of R two fabricators, and she's part of it. And that was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, that, that night was famous for me and wanting to leave. Oh yeah, Why yeah. Even though leave? I was sitting with Bernie Wrightson, right? You couldn't wait to get out. <laughs> I, you know, you ever been out and with other people drinking? You just don't want to be there, like for whatever reason. Maybe you haven't started drinking soon enough. Yeah, or you're I've had behind. Those moments. You hate them as people. Yeah, yeah. You really, I mean, hate's a strong word, but like you know, you just, just really like want to go to bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love you guys. Obviously, yeah, Certain Bernie days. though. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, no. I love Bernie Swamp no, Thing, yeah. number two comic book of all time, saga of the yeah, What's the number uh, one? fear agent. Uh-huh. Yeah, the uh, but yeah, we had some fun. I mean, we've met a bunch of people that week. Have Don John Totalben, Speaking of Swamp oh, Thing, oh yeah, he was a good guy to talk to. <laughs> Mark Wade, we met. Mark Wade, we Mark Wade. We your best friend, Mark Wade. Mark Wade. While p- picking up our uh, press passes, and uh, we did. Totally didn't have the time for us, but he was busy. He, yeah, I know. I completely agree. I know. If he had the time for you, man, yeah, that would have been a conversation for the ages. Well, you know, I've interviewed Mark a few times. <laughs> been on panels with Mark, you know. But that's More neither here nor from Jimmy. <laughs> doing some kind of motion with his hands. That's Mr. Wade to you. <laughs> when you met and interacted with your close personal friend, Mark Wade. Yeah. Did you tell him about how much you used to hate The Flash until I made you read The Return of Barry Allen? You know, I, I don't think that came up in our brief conversation. Yeah. You probably just said, uh, quote, big fan, <laughs> Mark. 
I think that's probably something I would say, but I would say it delicately, like in an interview, I would say, like, you know, I never was a fan of X, but I read so and so, and then yada yada yada. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how my interview process goes. Sure, that's we, just we a, know it well. That's a, right. opening the kimono for you, right? <laughs> Conversation kimono. Uh, at this point, we need to move some of those Patreon funds to getting official paper cake kimonos at this point. <laughs> How much does a kimono cost these days? A genuine silk kimono? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we could find a good price on Etsy. Do you have a kimono? I mean, literally? Could we just no, find like, the polyester version? We don't have to go I don't know. I put full-fledged. Wearing a silk kimono. Yeah, if, I mean, if you're going to get a, the, a oh, you're kimono, right. you have to go bigger, go home, thing. right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, you're right. You're both right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who else wears? Who are some famous people that wear kimonos? James Bond. Um, he did in uh, mm-hmm. "You Only Live Twice." Nobody else. It's a Sagi Yojimbo. There you go. Mm-hmm. Kimono. Splinter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Splinter. Yeah. Splinter uh, probably the most popular one. Oh, the um, that one lady, "Memoirs of a Geisha." Ooh. <laughs> she wears a kimono. What about Lady Snowblood? Tom Cruise. Four one. Last Samurai. Wore oh, kimono. I want to start a podcast Keanu about Reeves. Last Samurai, where we talk about Last Samurai. What was that? What was we? Didn't we have that idea for a cocktail where we would just <laughs> yes. watch cocktails once episodes, a week, cocktail. and then we would just do it for like a year or something? Cocktails and dreams die repeat. <laughs> <laughs> is the name of that podcast? It's still that there would be us. that'd be viral. And I shudder to use that word, but I feel like that would be really popular. <laughs> you know the. Uh, I found out since then that there is a podcast that does that. No. Uh, it's called like the worst idea in the world podcast or something like that. <laughs> it I really is. Yeah. What's the movie though? Uh, it's something. Oh, I can't even remember what it is. Here. You, let well, me look he's it looking that yeah. up. I actually think the world is ready for you guys to do another take of the Flash drinking game 2016. Oh, my. Whew. I don't know. Our, our dear friend uh, Marty Mac, had to be Mac airlifted <laughs> to yeah. Abdin Hospital. I mean, I feel like we've told the story a lot, but for those that don't know, we watched the Flash TV series with uh, what's his face, John, John Wesley Shipp, John from Wesley 1990, Shipp. and we had we we drank a lot and we watched it and we made like mental notes of the things that happened often. And then Jonesy put it to, put the pen to paper and put it online. So if you search like Flash TV series drinking game, you'll see like all. the third result. It was <laughs> the four of us. Just we started at probably two or three in the afternoon at my old apartment. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think our livers only made it till about seven a p.m. McElhenley was like ill. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we did not let him drive home. I got him home, and he was hurting by day's end. Yeah, there was a lot of alcohol consumed. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot to consume based on. Remember murals. Oh yeah, it was like the scene had a mural. It was like a cheap version of the Batman 1989 film. Yeah, like they had like a, a Ford Taurus and then like a like a deco, Art Deco mural behind it. <laughs> the Flash hates women. Oh yeah, well. the Flash does mundane life activities at super speed. <laughs> Tina McGee is not his girlfriend. Yeah, but then he'd he'd use his Flash powers for like two seconds, <laughs> yeah. and then he'd like almost die. Flash he was walks. So tiring. <laughs> was about- Flash walks. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, what's your internet machine tell Julio you? Julio so is useless as a cat. The podcast is the worst idea of all time. A nightmare. A podcast. A weekly podcast review of Grown Ups Two. Oh <laughs> fifty two times in a row. So they only do fifty two. Gosh, there's that number again. But I mean, there's gold and cocktails and dreams die repeat. There's definitely. 
the the goal of our Tom Cruise podcast is to have Tom on by the end of that show, by the end of that run. We're only six or seven oh, yeah. short years away. Yeah, I mean, I feel like anything's possible. We could get Tom on mm-hmm. that show. That would be somehow. A, oh man, somehow if we got enough of a a a, a backing behind us, enough of a, a buzz, mm. grassroots. I mean, even that, or just you know, you know, you find you meet somebody, and through. Kevin Bacon, Six Degrees, you have some kind of connection to Tom at that point. Mm-hmm. And then someone gives him the idea, and he's like, he chuckles. He's like, okay, I'll do that. Well, guys, the world we live in now, is everybody is just one catchy hashtag away That's from true. doing what you ask him to do. Because uh, rem- I remember listening to the uh, Nerdist podcast with Tom Cruise when Chris Hardwick was screaming at him the whole time. <laughs> he... <laughs> he N- Nerdist couldn't believe that it happened because he just like... Because Tom's huge. He asked him to do it, and Tom said he would just do it, and that's that was that. Hmm. And then he just started like peppering, screaming questions at him the whole time. <laughs> and then talked about his own wedding and his right, own yeah. fiance. Was Jonah, his, and, his buddy and his Jonah interns there, there were Jonah was making jokes about wearing a white dinner jacket at his wedding. Doesn't he always have like a like a, a sidekick with him with yeah. those interviews? He has somebody. Yeah, but they don't. Jonah Ray, Matt Myra. Oh, yeah, sometimes they're on mic, but most of the time they're not on mic. But you, you have just to hear like, them yelling. Hear them yelling anyway. I think they use this recorder for those episodes. They might. I think realistically, if you can't come up with a catchy hashtag, somebody come up with a fake Twitter account. I'm not saying catfish Tom Cruise, but ask him to go to like your formal ball or something. Mm. When he says yes, say, you know what? Rather than that, can you be on my friend's podcast? Mm. Mm-hmm. How about we just kidnap him? Yeah. yeah let's, let's do it. Your lawyer is good, but she can't get you out of a kidnapping charge. Like, are we talking about a Suicide King scenario? <laughs> we're kidnapping walking? Was that the walking one where he did that trick pull shot? Yeah. No, that was. Uh, Suicide Kings too. No, no, no. Grown ups too. No, pool hall junkies. Oh yes, great movie. Yeah, I remember when we were growing up. That was like our cult movie. I, I could watch that movie right now and probably speak every word. You know what I was thinking wow. about the other day? Uh, where we used to hang out in your old house. Uh, you were the biggest Aerosmith, Metallica fan. Yeah. Do you remember those days? Yeah, n- barely. I was did a huge Aerosmith. Did you I have a big solo. ones you can look at? What's that? Did you have big ones you could look at? The VHS tape of the... I did, of all the music videos. (laughs) I did it with the blue, aqua blue uh, cover art. Yeah, I saw Aerosmith a couple times in concert. I saw one with Run DMC, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. I saw them with that. What causes a love like that to fade, do you think? Uh, You know, maturing, growing up. You were like hard into (laughs) Aerosmith. Jonesy and I are the same person. (laughs) How hard is hard? I mean like legit hard. We'll be in his old 67 Mustang and he'd have a cassette of Aerosmith playing constantly. (laughs) Get a grip. Or Get a grip. uh, One of the two CDs I've ever owned. Let's see. I used to have to listen to Fool in the Rain and the Mustang. That was like my Mustang song. (laughs) This this was a Mustang that didn't have power brakes, didn't have power steering. Didn't so whenever you got into this car, didn't need it. You were, officer, <laughs> you were just accepting the fact that this might be my last car ride, and you, you just kind of went you with know, it. Yeah, like think how stupid I was. I used to drink beer in the Mustang oh, Lord. during the middle of the day <laughs> to like not, a ride to the grocery store. Not when you were driving, though, right? You live on some other. Oh uh, no, Mark Jensen just side eyed himself. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of letters from Mad now. The Mad listens. I know they do. Yeah. Listen, I, I will, hands up, that they was the dumbest thing I've ever done. So. Does I'm that, not condoning it. Does thinking about those stories scare you as a father now? Absolutely scares me s 
I think that would scare me as a parent, just thinking about all the dumb stuff I did and lived through. Mm. And having, having my kid ex- having a, a car without power steering and power brakes would scare me, Esless, <laughs> let alone drinking <laughs> it. I mean, there were moments where, like, you had to start breaking, like, 10,000 yards before a stop sign. <laughs> and well, that, and I would always floor it. I don't think I ever drove that car at less than 100 miles an hour. So what was the only the thing that machine. would slow it down, driving uphill? Well, it had drum brakes, so you had to pump the brakes yourself. Because oh. there was no power brakes to pump brake fluid in. You had to, like, pump Which those bad boys. Which is even bonkers that, like, this was the norm in a certain decade. It was a 40-year-old car. I mean, what do you want? I know, but, like, I'm thinking, like, back then in present in that time. Well, they probably didn't all drive like a-holes like I did wow, back that's then. that's true. You know, it's probably a collector's item now. They did if they had Mustangs and GTOs and everything else. Actually, I wish I never would have sold that car. Yeah, I can but see. You yeah. love the Canyon Arrow too much, though. Canyon Arrow. <laughs> I hate that thing. I get rid of it in a heartbeat. Really? I, go get a, I go get another charger. If I had my way, I'd have another charger tomorrow. But it's impossible to have a sedan with two kids. Because you've got to go anywhere with any kind of gear. Forget it. What does Mrs. Jones drive? She drives a Toyota Matrix. Are you like stalking me right now? Or can I say this? (laughs) She drives a uh, Toyota Matrix. And what's the license plate number? (laughs) (laughs) And you're a social security. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we talked about a couple weeks ago how you proposed an idea to sell the car to get one other, another dream car. She shot it down. My thought was get rid of the Suburban. Sure. Yeah. Go back to a Charger. And then to winter, I would just get an old Bronco. Spend like oh, two man. grand and get an old, you know. that would be paid off. The Bronco. Yeah, it would just be cash yeah. transaction. Maybe get a 1992 with a, a 5.8 351 Cleveland in it. Oh. You know, four on the floor with maybe a plow and I make extra money on the weekends, you know. <laughs> I would pay for Dale to be your AC and drive that Bronco around. <laughs> I'd pay to watch that. I mean, yeah. it would be the dream. But she uh, basically told me no. <laughs> that I would not be shocker. happening. Shocker. Yeah, just get another nice Charger RT, you know, nothing crazy. No well, SRT. Did you say you couldn't get a sedan? Isn't a Charger essentially kind of like a sedan? Yeah, well, that's why I ultimately it wouldn't work mm. because if what we had to Magnum? go. The Dodge Magnum, remember that? Uh, that had a lot of lemons in that line because mm. they, they had a 5.7 liter uh, Hemi in it and it's a station wagon. So I think it was too much motor and ended up. Problems for the car. <laughs> so, what about the uh, Tesla X? If I was independently wealthy, I would consider grand. getting a, no. a Tesla. A Tesla. What? Spo- well, thirty grand ish, probably in the first few years. I had read it. I just got finished reading an article where like the the cheapest Tesla is like low six figures. Well, yeah. The there's the, the S. And then the the consumer model, the sedan coming out is going to be the X. Yeah, it's coming out soon. It's going to be a thirty thousand dollar car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thirty maybe like thirty six thousand or whatever. But there's the people that are like excited about it don't realize that like Tesla barely makes any cars today. There's like there'd be like no scaling a consumer version of Tesla. It would yeah. take them forever. No, yeah. the, the article I read was the guy trying to buy. Like a not a production model, but let's say a show model, and they actually sell them because their production uh, scaling is this so is the low. Guy where, uh, Musk, like Musk, actually took the car. Yeah, I heard that he, story. for some test drive of some you know firm software or whatever mm-hmm. that car does. But well, apparently that guy like wrote a blog about how he was angry that Elon Musk took his car, and then 
he was on a waiting list for the next model and Musk just like revoked his waiting ticket because he was so That's pissed right. off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, they only sell like 2,000 cars a year or well, something. The, like, well, what they do it right is because they there's only no make, lot. They only make like right. 2,000. Yeah. So whatever they sell is like pretty much what they make. Well, I mean, is Tesla profitable in the way that it's a publicly traded company or are they pretty much supported by a lot of funding from other companies so they keep developing their technology. Well, he like released all the patents. So I, yeah, like I said, I, they, it can't be a huge profit margin company and I don't, I don't think it's publicly traded. So I got to believe that there's some funding, you know, capital groups that want that company B to shares. succeed. B shares. Yeah. The, the, I mean, they don't have a shares. They don't vote. Well, I said sure. that like they only sell 2000 cars. I don't even know how many cars like Dodge charger even sells in a year. So I don't even know what that number is. Like, how many does any car sell in a year? Who knows? I think at the All end, right, so maybe the ten of grand, tens of grand. Got to think three hundred sixty million people. Oh, have, oh, have percentage of those out. are drivers, right? <laughs> I it's it's got to be maybe half a million units. It's five off the cuff guess. Thousand. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Nobody cars. knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's why they don't even bother like releasing this kind of stuff. I got bailed out. Yeah, you know that Obama. Yep. See, what scares me is, let's say I go buy myself a Tesla, I'm driving it, I'm enjoying it, something breaks. Where do I take it, and how much is it going to cost me to fix it? I think you just call them and they come out. Seriously? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, it's wow. like if you owned a tractor and it broke down, they would come. Did not know plus, that. Plus your they tractor can, like, on a trailer. there was something where the one car hit like a rock, the undercarriage of the car, and it like exploded the car. So they like released a software update where it like raised the car like a quarter of an inch and like prevented that from ever happening again. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm sorry, they did what? Yeah, software. software. They, wait, they Tells beam them. the software to the car and yeah, it just knew? Connected. It's kind of the same way like that I built the arcade. Just picture uh-huh. that, that cabinet downstairs but with wheels. All right, hold on. So let's say I want to use the car for something that's you know not on the up and up. Could they beam the car and just say, car, turn off? Yeah, you could turn. You could pro- I think you can turn that car on and off remotely with your phone. No, Jim I don't Cook like over it. here. Chelsea <laughs> just mentally... <laughs> that is shocking. Yeah, there are people controlling their Teslas with their Apple Watch. What? Turn it on, <laughs> turn the lights on, mm-hmm. changing the temperature. Alexa, start my start my hundred thousand well, dollar car. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be able to mind saying, you know, hey Siri from bed, start the the Chevy, but that's dangerous. Like somebody else that's not you, could you couldn't you hack that? You can hack anything, really. I mean, so, you know what you can hack? A carburetor. That mm-hmm. car is going to run no matter what your computer says. You know, the FBI had just contacted Apple and told them that they want a backdoor into iOS, right? Yeah, that's BS. I did see that article. Just change your password combination to 11 digits or higher. You'll be fine. I mean, even f- uh pin with six digits is like nigh unbreakable. Yeah, it's going to take... A long time to try to get into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get down to a three-digit pen for a long time. <laughs> Too much work. The movement. How, about, just, uh, how it, about people that have an iPhone with a fingerprint sensor, but they don't use it? That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Mm, that is weird. I, I just found out you could put more than one finger, so now both my thumbs <laughs> unlock. Do you use your iPhone with an being an Apple Watch user? Yeah. Actually, the, the Apple Watch is probably the best thing I ever did. Seriously? Yeah. It is, it's invaluable to me. But it has to be within close proximity to your phone, though. Not really. I, I had to charge it on my uh, Chevy before I picked up Matt. 
and I was in the house replying to all of you just with my watch, and it was out charging on the phone. Could you go to work, leave your phone at home, and use your watch? No. Seamlessly. No. It's got to be within, like, Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Can it yeah. be on Bluetooth or the same Wi-Fi it can, I think, like, for like if you're in a home, it does Wi-Fi, and then when you're out in the street, the streets, if you will, it's on the Bluetooth. Well, there was a, one story when it first came out that I read where someone got arrested and they took the phone, but they didn't take the watch. And the person like called home with their watch from the jail cell or something to like come come bail me out of jail. And they used their Apple Watch, right? Because the phone was probably the phone like, in was the like, cops drawer. Yeah, it was like across the way. That's Man. pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. This Just comic podcast really talks about all aspects of life, doesn't <laughs> We're it? We're in a fireside, you know, <laughs> bailing yourself out of prison with an Apple Watch. Well, I mean. Mark, for like my job, like I'm, there's no way I can hear mm-hmm. in that place. So I always have haptically alerts to my watch, so I don't miss calls, I don't miss messages. I can, you know, if I get a call and it's like my wife, I'll be like, all right, let me take that. But if I get a call and it's like, you know, a number I don't recognize, okay, don't worry about it. Do you ever answer calls or messages and pretend that you're Inspector Gadget? Don't you mean Dick Tracy? What's that, Chief? You're where? And then you go to the filing cabinet, and he's right there. Was this just an all elaborate setup to troll me? <laughs> Mark's been waiting I've, 90 minutes to bring I, up your Apple Watch. I've, I've thought long and hard about smartwatches, but for me personally, I don't know if the technology is there yet. Mm. When it gets to the point where I can leave my phone at home and use it almost the exact same way, then mm. I'm all in. There are some like, like rando Android watches that have like built-in LTE, I think. Samsung yeah. watches. Samsung are gear, those huge ones. That would get hot as ass on your wrist, though, wouldn't it? I don't know. This console looking for network in the background. Like maybe it's always connected. Hands free, I love too. Like being able to answer the crawl on the wrist. That's Absolutely. pretty uh, convenient. Mm. Takes all kinds, Mark, you know? Makes the world go around. Well, weren't you uh, pretty hardcore in Android for a while, and then you get, and then you gave up and came back to iPhone? Nine months, Slim. I went nine months with a brand new phone, and then it just started turning on and off out of the box. Ooh. And I'm fine with that. I get that things have bugs and quirks, but I need good customer service to at least make sure that my product is being used or somebody I can take it to. Mm. I mm-hmm. took it to Verizon, and they all shrugged their shoulders at me collectively and said, sorry. So, you know what? Never again. You know what I was looking at? Was that a... Project Fi that Google does where it's like their own I think they're called like MVNOs where it's like a SIM card that gets you service of like whether it be Sprint, Verizon or whomever. So it's like not really like an AT&T but it's like combined. Mm-hmm. And the way Google does it is it only works on their Nexus phones but it's $20 for unlimited phone and text and then it's $10 for every gig that you use. So if like you if you go a month it's only like four gigs. You're only paying $60 for that line. Wow. So I was looking at it for Amanda because she has a Nexus, and she only she only used like one gig for the past like two months. So her phone bill will be $30 wow. for two months. That's wow. insane. Because I'm paying $200 for AT&T for three people. You have to, like, you have to get That's on a crazy. waiting list or something for that? Yeah, you have to request yeah. an invite. I got five lines, bro. What is that, like $800? Nah, it's like $290 a month. Why am I still paying 200 I feel like a scam. Like a sucker. <laughs> like an idiot. Mm. Like an idiot paying that bill every month. So that that but that plan sounds great, but it only works for like two phones. Yeah, right. Yeah. They just allowed it for like iPads. Like you could put that SIM in an iPad, an oh, LTE okay. iPad, and it would work. Hmm. So I did buy the iPad Mini in my absence. You Which, know, it's rare that I admit that I was wrong about tech. I was wrong about the Easy Pass. 
completely wrong. <laughs> Who? Why would you ever be against? I know. An why easy why pass? would you bet against an easy pass? <laughs> because one, that's like betting against the Harlem Globetrotters. Were you a toll booth? <laughs> were you a toll nice. booth guy? I may have had toll booth stock, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I was wrong about it because one, I just clearly thought it wasn't going to catch on, and two, I underestimated how impatient I am. So, I jumped on the easy pass bandwagon. I was wrong about iPad minis. Thought they'd never last. Thought they'd feel small in my hands. Thought I wouldn't like them. Just completely wrong. Mm. I got this bad boy maybe four months ago. I'm never going back. Wow. Is it the one with fingerprint or the one before that? It is the one with fingerprint. Wow. Heard here first. Wow. I can't do iPad mini. I can't see it. I need that big screen. You know? I'm still, I'm, I'm still, my iPad 3 is starting to feel like the old, uh, it's a dinosaur. The old horse in the Does back. Does have retina? It's got retina. It's the first <laughs> retina model, but. I think I have iPad Air. Which one is that? Five? Six? I yeah, remember five, when six, the I first retina iPad came out, I was like all horny for it. And I remember using like some weird website that like refreshed the stock of like all targets nearby and like when they had them in stock <laughs> and I ran over there and got it. Yeah. I remember when I bought my iPad 3, I closed my door at work and I locked it and put an out of office on just so I could be on Apple's website and hitting refresh to order it. I got it. I was happy. And then five months later, they came out with that new iPad. Yeah. I yeah, was yeah. furious. They did come out with a relatively fast. Yeah, they did. There you have it. What a show. Great Fantastic day. show. It was a good time. Thanks yeah. for having me on. We didn't do any health updates. Mark, how's no, your health been? Knock on woods, all good. Okay. Jonesy, you're great, obviously. I actually, these last two weeks, phenomenal health. Yeah. He's been, I mean, he's been teaching me. He's yoga, been yoga, me yoga, yoga, uh, yoga, 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 yoga. You got to start wearing those yoga pants when you drop the kids off at school. <laughs> Doing it. I'm part of that culture now. Wait a minute. You do yoga? Yeah. Since when? Two and a half weeks ago. God bless you. Yeah. Big yogi. I had a chronic bursitis in my left knee. Mm-hmm. And uh, something had to give. You it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, you know, was that? It was it's just, disgusting when you see it. It's, it's really that knee. Uh, it is bad. Like, uh, I still can't squat yet, but I'm getting there. There you go. But uh, our dear friend at Karate Chop 16 on the Twitter uh, sent me a link to 30 days of yoga. And uh, I've been doing it, and I feel pretty great. I like it. Didn't you see um, when you were in Disney this year, didn't someone spot you? Was it Karate Chop? It was Karate Chop. Oh, yeah. The Paper Keg Nation runs deep. They do. That's unbelievable. I couldn't believe that happened. They run deep in We Disney. run dolo from state to state. I was just, you didn't use that right. I was, <laughs> to those who didn't know, my wife and I went down to Disney just hanging out, having a good time. We're at our resort, staying off of the park at one of the Disney resorts, and I get a text message from Slim who says, are you in Disney? And I'm thinking, yeah, wh- why are you asking? Because a paper keg listener just spotted you. Like, <laughs> shut the front door. Quit playing amazing. with me. So and amazing. And then he proceeds to tell me what I was wearing at that precise moment to the de- minute detail. Yeah, and then you took a picture of yourself and sent it to me wearing those clothes. Uh-huh. I was I was impressed. I feel like that's happened twice. Was there someone else that did it? There was another time. It was a, uh, I think guy. it was the night of a paper keg meetup, and I was in the city with my wife taking the train to go meet up with some of her law school friends, and somebody on the train caught us, hmm. and it was yeah. just astonishing. Do you remember? I think it was, was Lanetto Tomb. Yeah. Lanetto Tomb. Yeah. What a life. <laughs> what a life. I mean, I, I wear my uh, paper keg shirt to a Baltimore Comic Con. I can't get noticed. 
Actually, <laughs> what, the one year I did wear it to Baltimore Comic Con, the first year, some dude said something to me. Yeah, he was crazy, though. Remember him? <laughs> You could tell he was like, oh, yeah, listen, you guys. He's but he was like listening right now. He was like looking that. at our heads, but looking through our heads. <laughs> I actually had a paper keg pop up on my time hop when uh, I think Don Garvey designed the old logo. Yeah. Of the three of you guys sitting around, and it's a picture of me. Oh, no, that was um Brad. That was Brad? Yeah, that was Brad. Yeah. That was Brad. That was My fault, Fiendsta. The, uh, yeah, Don's podcast ended. Really? Yeah. So, Don had a podcast. Marcus Don thinking? had a podcast. No. They were they released five episodes a week. <laughs> it wouldn't last. <laughs> Didn't last. I wonder if he misses it. Although, I doubt it. Dale, what's what's Don Garvey up to these days? We haven't seen. He's uh, off his uh, internet dark. You getting too meta here? Is this meta uh, talk? <laughs> you know him. You speak with him offline sometimes. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, does he miss it? I talk to him. He misses it. I think he misses the it. Fire. Sure. The fire he burns. The fire burns within, but you know he's got other priorities. Yeah, he's got uh, folks. He's got a family. He's got a, a third little baby boy. He's oh he's uh, almost three, I believe. Oh, so uh, you know he's a busy guy. If you if you still subscribe to the Echo Rift feed, I'm yeah, there's some subscri- surprises that pop up in your uh, feed every yeah. uh, up to this you know up to the minute. So trust me. You know what? I gotta tell you, I'm surprised you guys didn't go out and get a fourth host, a fourth regular voice to. Supplement and add to your team. We couldn't. We couldn't replace you, Mark. Yeah, Mark, you be very irreplaceable. No one could fill those size nineteen shoes. You just didn't want to feed them. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, there, there's yeah, the. I think, uh, there's the ender right there. I think we had thought about it for the first couple months after you left, but then we figured, like during those couple months while we were thinking about it, we were doing pretty okay by ourselves, especially, uh, you know, to, to get meta to. It's probably way easier for three people remote than if we added a fourth person who was also remote. A fourth new person. Yeah, a fourth new person. Relatively new. It's not like we just handpick a stranger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how it works. That's uh, for next season of Paper Cake. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't start doing seasons. We do like season. No. no. And then we take time off. I was kidding. We come back with a season. (laughs) Stay tuned. You're not thinking big enough. You need a. Some sort of reality show where these people go through insane contests and competitions, mm-hmm. and you dwindle down from ten contestants to your final God, paper cake extra host that? that season. You know, that's when uh, we finally bring on that fourth host, and uh, collectively the three of us decide to stop doing the show anyway. So <laughs> that, that new host lasts for two weeks. That I, final I, challenge has to be Jonesy submits a written piece of work, and they have to get it published somewhere. <laughs> Whoever and gets then the show published. ends because no one can do it. <laughs> <laughs> the show just stops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>